we could not do our work without coffee. Is that fair, Alex? And there are not many better coffee spots in Chicago than Gallery Cafe. Gallery Cafe, which is run by our good friend Eugene and his brother Billy and just a host of amazing people, is located at 1760 West North Avenue in Chicago, Illinois. It is an historic building in a really cool neighborhood, Wicker Park, with high quality coffee sourced from around the world and roasted in-house. They've also got food. We actually splurged and got a what was it, an apple cider potato donut today? But they also make sandwiches and amazing breakfast wraps to order. Perfect place to grab a cup of coffee, get some work done, and stick around till lunch. Make sure you stop in and let them know the Good Athlete Project sent you. Welcome to the Good Athlete Podcast, the voice of the Good Athlete Project. Today's episode is another presentation from the Beyond Strength Clinic we hosted at TC Boost one of the elite performance training facilities around. It's over in Northbrook, Illinois, led by our friend Tommy Christian. This is the second podcast we put out with Maurice. If you want to learn more about Maurice, his bio, and get into a conversation with the two of us, double back to episode number 80, which was about race, equity, and restorative justice in athletics. Without further ado, I think you're going to learn a lot from this Beyond Strength presentation by Maurice McDavid. Good evening. Um, and thank you guys for the opportunity to be here. Um, got an invite from Jim uh, some time ago on Twitter, like, hey, man, come check out this Good Athlete Project thing. And I had been following them on Twitter for a little while. I'm working to become Twitter famous. That's really what I'm working on. I need the blue check, you know, the verification. For some of you older folk who might not know, okay, well. Uh, but that's, that's uh, you know, lets you know that you, you, you know, you've arrived. I'm not there yet. Um, and that's not actually why I'm on Twitter. A lot of good information. Um, and so I went to this last one, and from there, Jim and I talked a little bit. Um, and I was sitting in a professional development um, on teaching for biliteracy. Um, and former Spanish teacher, um, history teacher, high school coach, football, or um, middle school coach, um, uh, coached at Knox for a year. Um, and uh, now AYSO coach, so I really appreciate it, the K through four stuff. I, I got to change my practice schedule because I have. I've been running them through drills. We're doing toe touches on the balls. We're, I got them doing push-ups and stuff, but now we're going to have some fun. Um, so um, I was sitting in a professional development, though, on teaching for biliteracy. We were up in Melrose Park, and... I looked around the room and I recognized that I was the only black male in the room. Over 100 educators uh, just outside of Chicago by teaching for biliteracy, and there was me. And so I tweeted and I said, hey, black male educators, where do you go for your professional development? Because I feel like I'm always the only brother in the room. And uh, got a lots of responses. One of those responses was Jim, and, and that's kind of where uh, we began this conversation. Um, so without further ado, because I'm supposed to be at church in about 27 minutes, uh, I'm not going to make it on time. That's okay. Um, uh, I, I do want to get started. So, uh, many of you probably know this name, know this image. Uh, Tamir Rice on November 22nd, 2014, he was 12 years old, and he was playing with his pellet gun in a park 
in Cleveland, Ohio. Police pulled up to the scene and gave instructions to drop the weapon, which apparently was fairly realistic looking. About three seconds later, a 26-year-old rookie cop pulled the trigger on his gun and ended the life of Tamir Rice. The very next week, I stepped into a basketball gym to coach 12- and 13-year-old boys. And as I looked across the line, these boys were black, they were white, they were mixed, um, they were rich, they were poor, and to be honest, they were not very good at basketball. That's an important point because sometimes when the athleticism isn't there, it's even easier to really be the mentors we mean to be. Sometimes when the athleticism is there, we become hyper-focused on, on them winning. Uh, but, but when you get to have conversations about loss after loss after loss, uh, it actually right, allows you to maybe focus in a little bit more on that development of character. And so my goals for them, uh, that was, I believe, my first year coaching uh, middle school basketball. My goals for them were to build boys into men, right? Uh, that cliche answer of, of, you know, I want these young uh, men to have character. I want them to have an understanding of service and service to others, right? You talked a lot about that. And I wanted them to have a great work ethic, and I wanted them to be selfless. However, when practice started and one of the students raised his hand while standing on the line getting ready to stretch and he said, Mr. McDavid, what do you think about what happened to Tamir Rice? I recognized that I wasn't going to do only basketball. I wasn't going to uh, do just sports because I had built a relationship. Now, this was a young man who I was also teaching Spanish at the time. So we were in class together. Um, uh, I had coached football that year, and so I had cheered him on uh, as a middle school, as an eighth grade coach, and he was a seventh grader. There was that relationship there. He felt comfortable enough to ask me, what do you think about what happened to Tamir Rice? So we engaged in conversation. I, I, I bring that to you because I know that today's purpose, today's title is the mentors we mean to be. I, I think that's our purpose, right? We're looking at how, how can we really be more than just somebody who coaches a sport? Oftentimes they say of, of high school teachers that they teach science or they teach math, but elementary teachers teach kids. I hope that our mindset in terms of coaching is not that we just coach football or basketball, or powerlifting, but that we coach students. We coach young adults. We coach human beings. And so as we take those things into consideration, my specific goal is to get you to a place where you can see the importance of conversations surrounding inclusion, equity, and justice. And not just see the importance, but to have the courage to be willing to engage in them. The truth is that there is no way for me to somehow turn on a magic switch and make it so that you're comfortable with these conversations. The comfort will come with time. Uh, and I also must warn you that if you engage in these conversations, 
someone undoubtedly will not like it. I've had parents come to me who have said, your conversation today about race in Spanish class, what does that even have to do with Spanish? It made my daughter feel uncomfortable. To which I said, discomfort promotes growth. And, and, and I apologize, I'm not intending to hurt feelings, but discomfort promotes growth. Steve Kerr said, despite the amazing diversity we're blessed with in this country, schools are still in large part segregated because of economic disparity. Sports are one of the few areas where kids are really given the opportunity to interact with those of different races and religions. I understand that somewhere in our minds we may say, can we just let athletics be athletics? We may say, athletics is my one escape during the day to get away from the, 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 the politics of the world. And I will tell you, I, I'm, I'm all about that escapism. I'm all about that idea. Uh, Tony, I couldn't have said it any better. Have fun. But the truth of the matter is that you will be some of the most trusted people in a kid's life. And, and, and thus, what you say, what you do, and what you don't say teaches kids something. What you are willing to talk about, how you talk about it, and what you say is off limits teaches kids something. It, it demonstrates to them, oh, that's a topic that, that oh, we can't talk about that. That's, that's a topic that I've got to keep inside. Mental health is, is that perfect connector, and I really appreciated that connection, right? Because that's the thing that, oh, I can't talk about that. That door was shut. Well, when your kid comes to you and says, I can't afford such and such, right? That economic reality for some kids. When your kid comes to you and says, I was stopped by the police last night for walking down the street and they frisked me, and I believe it's because I was black, are we willing to engage them in that conversation? I, I want to share with you, these are three examples uh, of things that we can do to be intentional engaging, uh, uh, pardon me, intentional about engaging in this conversation, this is three examples that um, I wrote about and, and are published on the Good Athlete Project website. I appreciate um, them taking the time to publish that and Jim helping me with that. Uh, also, that talked a little bit about on that podcast. But um, one thing that you can do is, again, if you don't have that comfort level, bring in a guest speaker. Um, there's power in, uh, and, and again, I'll share with you this, this quick story. Uh, I was 20 years old, 20 or 21, junior year of college, the very first time I had a black male educator. And I'm sitting in class, and Conrad Hamilton is teaching this class American history, and I loved American history, but I couldn't figure out why I was so engaged with it beyond just my love for history. And when it hit me, it was amazing. I realized that for the first time, I saw myself standing at the front of the classroom. I was already an education major. I already knew that I wanted to be like the next Joe Clark. You know, they were going to make a movie about me or something. But, but to see, sit in the class, 
21 years old, and for the very first time, see somebody who looked like me at the front of the classroom doing what I wanted to do was incredibly impactful. And so as I think about that, there are opportunities where we can bring in somebody from that local area. Uh, again, I'm from DeKalb, where we're fortunate we can reach right out to NIU, and we can pluck somebody and bring them in and say, hey, here's somebody who is using athletics to promote success, right, and, and to overcome some of the difficulties that your students may see. Second piece, excuse me, um, that mac and cheese is sitting right here right now. Um, second thing, using the history of sports, right? Because, man, as much as we might not want to acknowledge it, the history of sports has the same history, right, as our country. And so we understand that even our sports have a racialized history. Right? That's the reason why, why the Jackie Robinson story goes huge. Right? It's, it's this huge uh, uh, box office hit because it's talking about our history and, and some of the things that, that he overcame as a baseball player. But here's the, the, the really powerful piece is that that's not powerful just for black kids who play baseball. The lessons that are taught by Jackie Robinson, right, perseverance and, and, and that ability to overcome uh, 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 adversities and that ability to stick with it and to do it because you're good at it, those are lessons that can be applied to every single student. It really is uh, a powerful opportunity. The third thing, um, purposeful team building. Uh, in the article, I reference my all-time favorite sports movie, right, Remember the Titans. And I don't know if you remember the scene, but, but eventually there's some infighting in the team. And he says, we will do triples until you have interviewed. I'm telling you, I can get into my Denzel voice. I'm, I'm trying not to. But we will do triples until you have interviewed every single uh, player of the opposite color on our team. You will find out about them. And then, right, you get to those scenes where they're like, what's your daddy's name? You do have a daddy, don't you? Right? But there's these powerful moments, and, and my favorite is the, uh, you're going to put me in the movies, right? And, and he says, uh, do, do the words um, cruel and unusual punishment mean anything? I could quote the whole movie. I could. But that idea of purposeful team building, maybe for your uh, district or for your score, for your uh, area in which you are working, it is not necessary to necessarily call out that race, but maybe it's socioeconomic. Maybe it's the kid who missed morning practice because he didn't have a ride. Partnering with, partnering those kids together and saying, hey, I need you to make sure that he gets there because I know you're driving up in the bins, right? So take your bins over to that side of town, pick your teammate up, right? Maybe it's you're a starter in your third string, right? You're the kid who's playing for enjoyment, right? The have fun and enjoyment. You're the kid who's, who's going to exceed and, and, and uh, you're trying to play at the next level. But those cross-level relationships are so important in terms of building that team chemistry. Um, I also will say this real quick. Um, and I think about this for any of our parents uh, in the room, any folk who maybe are not directly involved in, in coaching. Um, I uh, met my mother-in-law when I was 14 because my wife and I started dating at 14. And um, when she met me, she said, 
when I found out you were black, I wasn't that excited. I was like, cool. <laughs> I am, right? Um, and so my wife still talks to this day about the fact that she never knew that that was her mother's feelings. And it was because they never talked about it. So I'll quickly just say to you that if your decision is to never talk about it, you are delivering a message. Right? Um, now, my children, we talk about it. Because when somebody said something to my son, I had to talk about it. I didn't have a choice. Right? If you are, are, are in that position of privilege where you get to choose whether or not you're going to talk about it, let me encourage you to talk about it, right? There's research, tons of research. It's been done over and over and over again. But if you know anything about Brown versus Board of Education, you remember that one of the moving factors in that case was this baby doll experiment where you put little kids in front of a baby doll, right, four-year-olds and five-year-olds, and you said, which baby doll, the white one or the black one, which baby doll behaves in class? the white one. Which one is the pretty baby doll? It's the white one. Which one is, right, because these images, these messages are being sent to us, even if you're not giving them to your kids or coaches. They are being sent to them, right? Because um, they watch the news, because the cops commercial was on, right? Those messages are being sent to them. So it is really important that we be intentional. I have three things left, and I've got 13 minutes before I'm supposed to be at church. And I live in DeKalb. Um, here we go. Three principles. I, I want to share these with you because these are overarching principles that you can use when attempting to engage in this conversation. Number one is super simple, and, and this works with mental health. This, this works with gender. This works with sexuality. This works with all of these things, right, that are part of this inclusion conversation that we may say, I'm from the old school. I feel a little uncomfortable with this, but they're things that are the reality of working in education and working with young people today. Just listen. Just listen. And if you don't know, ask questions. Number two is show empathy, and we're going to cover that in a little bit more detail. Number three is be courageous. I Google searched coaches listening. There are no images of coaches listening. There are only images of coaches talking and the players listening. Right? I mean, think about it, right? If, if when we think about, this is what we think of, and these are grown-ups. These are like professional players somewhere in Europe, and the coach is talking. He's way smaller than all of them. They could beat him up if they wanted, but they don't because he's the coach, and he talks, and the players listen. But let me challenge you. Listen. Ask questions. Replace Judgment with curiosity. Coaches have to watch for what they don't want to see, but they also have to listen for what they don't want to hear. You can discover a lot about what's going on in your locker room and your team, their mentality, by taking that time and listening. And that was John Madden. That's probably one of the deepest things John Madden has ever said, right? The team that scores the most points is going to win. Yes, John Madden, that's how it works. That's... <laughs> That's the game of football. You score more, you win. The truth is some people put up walls not to keep people out, but to see who cares enough to break them down. 
Are you willing to ask a second time? You can see when the kid is coming in, dragging his feet. What's going on, man? Right? Everybody else, hit the lap. Hey, come here. What's going on? You've been late three times this week, man, and normally I'd, I'd just make you run. But help me out. What's going on? Mom's sick. Mom's sick, so I'm taking care of the younger sibling. Wow, right? What a difference that makes as opposed to just, you're late on the line. That ability to listen and ask questions. Show empathy. Show empathy. I'll let you read this if if you can read it. Um, My wife helped me put this presentation together, and she said, this feels a little lame, don't you think? I said, I don't know. I don't surf, but... But I liked what it had to say, right? It's, it's that idea that, that empathy is, is feeling that energy that that other person is feeling. I, I've had a coach say to me, uh, in fact, it was uh, Coach Gibbons, Andy Gibbons, who um, was the head coach at Knox College uh, football program for a long time, is still there as the um, strength and conditioning coach. But he said to me, and he just, in a, in a moment of sincerity, he said, Maurice, I will never, ever know what you are going through as a young black man. But I want you to know I'll listen and I'll help in whatever way I can because you're important to me. And it was just like, okay. I I know that he might not be like literally right there next to me, but he's with me. There is something incredibly powerful about letting your students know. Even if you don't understand the experience, even if your gut tells you, well, are you sure it was racism or sexism or whatever, whatever ism it was for that day, right? Are you sure it was that? Even if that's what your gut is saying, show some empathy and develop that next level relationship with that student. Last thing I'll say is simply be courageous. Um, This is uh, the quote, Coach Boom. This is where they fought the Battle of Gettysburg. That quote, I'm not going to read it all to you. He wakes him up in the middle of the night and he runs him out to the Battle of Gettysburg. And he says, at some point, we've got to be brave enough to to take this step beyond what everybody is telling you and... uh, Make this next decision. The, the less courageous thing to do is to settle in on colorblindness. Colorblindness has really three mindsets, and I think number one really represents that lack of courage. It says, if I acknowledge the racial or ethnic background of my students or myself, then I may be considered racist. I've discovered Um, in my 10 years working in education, that there are some people more concerned about being called racist than reflecting on whether or not their actions are racist. I get it. It's a powerful word. It it can be a hurtful word. But believe me, if it's hurtful for you, (laughs) it's hurtful for the kid. We've got to be willing to acknowledge that kids are bringing lots and lots of 
uh, uh, identity factors into that practice. That idea that, that they are uh, a representation of intersectionality, of male, of female, of, of uh, non-binary, of, of black, of white, of rich, of poor, we've got to acknowledge those things. Number two, it says, if I admit that people um, experience and see the world differently, I may be seen as politically correct and, and I may offend others. That, that, that ability to, to ask questions, right, um, to, to show empathy, oftentimes, not always, but oftentimes is going to earn you the right to be able to engage in these conversations without being seen as offensive, right? Because I know that you've demonstrated empathy because I know that you've asked me sincere questions. I know that even if you say something that may come off as offensive, like, well, does your mom cook really good fried chicken? I had a coach ask me, I said, but I knew he was coming from a good place. The answer, by the way, was yes. My mother does get down on some fried chicken, right? And so, but, but, but they've had earned that through that relationship. I knew that he wasn't coming at me from uh, an ill place. Mindset three is simply I, I should treat all my students the same regardless of who they are, what their home situations are, or what their experiences related to race happen to be. When you read it just like that, it doesn't even make sense, does it? So again, the, the, the three overarching principles that I would come back to uh, are simply uh, these ideas that we need to show empathy, that, that we need to listen and ask questions, and that we need to be courageous enough to engage in those conversations. Um, and that, in turn, builds that system of trust. Um, if our real goal goes beyond winning a game, but instead mentoring and, and developing people, then we cannot ignore this part of the conversation. Thank you all very much for your time this evening. Do you need business cards? Do you need flyers, posters, custom thank you notes, or any sort of stationery to take your business to the next level? If so, then you've got to see the good people at Mighty Printing. They've got two locations. One of them is up north in Glencoe, Illinois. The other is right in the heart of Chicago on 180 West Washington Street. They do most of the printing for the Good Athlete Project, and we just could not do our business without them. They've also worked with teams like the Chicago Bulls and the Chicago Blackhawks. They've worked with Let Us Entertain You Restaurant Group. They do holiday cards. They do wedding cards. They help you. They help you not only celebrate special occasions, but make them that much more special. And like I said, if you are a small business owner or a large business owner, they will give you the sort of personalized service combined with incredibly high quality goods. You just can't find that combo, honestly, anywhere else. Find them online at mightyprint.com. That's M-I-T-E, print, P-R-I-N-T, dot com. And on Instagram, same thing, at mightyprint, M-I-T-E, print. And tell them the Good Athlete Project sent you.